Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough, and nothing new. How are you doing, Bren? <laughs> it's episode 400-whatever, f- f- yeah. like, what do you expect? We're still trucking along. I mean, I feel like, at least with Kame House Party, they're covering a whole series, like, episode by episode. We're just covering video games as things happen, and it's <laughs> another we week play them slowly. where nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I mean, there's a reason people fall off with stuff of, like, you know, games or shows or, like, D&D. Like, just fucking life gets in the way with shit. And it's like, yeah, I haven't done much. (laughs) It's fair. Shout out to Kame House, though. I love their show. Um, It's funny. I've had listeners be like, I haven't listened to your show in ages. I'm like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. It happens. What have uh, I missed no, in the interim since I stopped listening? Not much. <laughs> we both picked up a game and we haven't played anything else since. Pretty much. Uh, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for those of you still listening, uh, thank you. Uh, but this is a video game podcast, uh, as we're talking about. Uh, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Again, not a huge update. For me, there is a reason. I did have family from out of town visiting. Uh, I have a sister that lives in Tennessee, so that's a long ways away. So her and uh, my niece and nephew visited, and that was very nice. So it was cool spending time with them. Uh, we went on like a local train ride and all this stuff. So just good memories. Memory making times, uh, grilling and stuff, and chilling. So very cool. Did you whip out any of the board games or card games? Uh, honestly, that was something I wanted to do, but we never really did, did get around to it. But one thing that did happen was I handed the controller over to Adrian, my niece, uh, and she was playing Fall Guys and Rocket League, and she wasn't particularly <laughs> good oh, no, at either. Genetic. She's six years old, but she was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I I teased uh, in. Uh, my stream last night, I was saying to my one chatter, I was like, oh, uh, Adrian got a crown on her first try. And he's like, if that's the truth, she's not related to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. But no, uh, she's six years old and uh, she was struggling very much, but laughing and having a blast. And yeah, they're very colorful games. So I was like, I don't have too many kid games, but uh, I remember last year when they visited, we were playing Animal Crossing and she absolutely loved that. So, and I just didn't have the switch set up at the time. So I was like, oh, well, we'll see if she likes Fall Guys. And she did. She she went through the character customizer and had like a bean customized before i knew it i'm like man she was just like (laughs) really dialed in it was awesome (laughs) hey kiddo do you want to play the last of us or god of war (laughs) yeah right (laughs) exactly how about some dark souls 3 or you know (laughs) that's an easy one Uh, maybe maybe starter on two you know it's a little there we go good idea yeah but no, it was nice having family over, and uh, that was really taking time away from games, like cleaning up the house and making everything look presentable, and just like stressing over the fact, like family's coming over. Yeah, uh, but no, it was <laughs> it was very nice. How about you though, Brent? Have you had uh, anything going on outside of gaming, or anything preventing you from gaming? <laughs> preventing, yes, quite a lot. Uh, I've wondered about about that. With like, oh, what do I do? If people come over. I'm like, I live in a fucking studio apartment in the middle. But fuck LA, like nowhere LA. It's all like, no one's coming over. I don't have yeah. to decorate for shit. It's all utilitarian, which, hey, I don't hate it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, gaming wise, not much. It's <laughs> surprisingly hard to find time for video games when you're playing two D&D games and running a D&D game uh, every week. Uh, That's right. So <laughs> it's just like, ooh, like... Uh, I had off on Monday last week for 4th of July, and just all day I was just prepping for the next session of d and I was DMing, and I was just like, 
This is a lot. This is a fucking lot. <laughs> Definitely a commitment. Yeah, I realize why it's so hard to find someone willing to DM. And once you do DM, how you get kind of uh, pigeonholed into that position of like, you did it before and I don't want to ever do it, so you're going to do it again. It's like, right. Uh, but uh, using a module I've talked about before, playing the Water Deep Dragon Heist module. Yeah. I definitely see the appeal of homebrewing stuff more and more now. Of just because they give you a lot of like jumping off points and they surprisingly don't follow up with a lot of them. So it kind of gives the players a lot of incentives like, oh, go explore, check out this. Oh, there's the city has this whole rich history. And then anytime a player steps towards any of that, there's no follow through in the module. Uh, One of my biggest complaints, I'm talking to uh, another player of mine um, with it is on D&D Beyond. You can buy all the stuff through there. And it's D&D Beyond is technically owned by Fandom and not Wizards of the Coast. So it's that's why people are like, oh, I already own the books. Why can't I just like digitize the books into D&D Beyond? They're technically two different that's companies. Right. Yeah. So you, if, if you're going to buy them, if you want digital versions, you might as well just buy it through Beyond so you can actually use them in Beyond. Uh, right. As opposed to somewhere else and then having to buy them again. Um but with D&D Beyond, which is cool, is if you already have some of the stuff or if you don't want to buy the full book of something and you just want to nitpick, like, uh, some books have updates for, uh, like, a bunch of monsters. But if you don't care about them, you don't have to buy them. But if you just want, like, the sub-races or the subclasses that are introduced in the book, you can buy just those individually. Oh, that's nice. Or just the magical items that are introduced in that book. So that way you can just pick and choose what you want instead of buying the whole thing if you don't want all of that. I... Talk about this ad nauseum with one of my players. Of, I don't understand why they don't have maps. The there's like maybe five or six maps in the water deep module, and there's a ton of fucking locations. So they don't give you any maps for those, and the maps they do give you are very sparse and Spartan. It's it's very much like we'd rather give you like a blueprint of just the building. That way you can customize it however you want. As opposed to putting a ton of detail into it and it being conflicting with someone's story in some way. So it's just very bare bones. And it's like, I mm, this for how much we're paying for some of these books and stuff, you could definitely put more detail into this without being like too detailed. Yeah. Um, and I guess I, that's they're incentivizing you to use your imagination, but again, it also does feel kind of lazy. I don't know. Like, if I need to use my imagination for just this, like, 4 by 4 building, I can just draw that in, like, MS Paint. I'm, <laughs> right? I, like, I'm paying for it because I want a <laughs> I professional a on it. Yeah. Like, you can easily make these quality of maps. They're not, like, it's literally just a blueprint of, like, the basic quality. And then I go online and find people who do, like, Patreons or have, like, their own stores and stuff doing D&D maps. And they're just like, hey, here's five bucks. Get a PDF of 30 incredibly detailed maps. It's like, why doesn't Wizards of the Coast do this? Why don't they include maps in the books? And then, like, D&D Bond, you can pick and choose if you want to buy the maps or not. Like, have it as an add-on incentive, like, with the other stuff. And it would just be so, so, so much more convenient. Because... Right. Well, and how important is the visual aspect of D&D? I know my only experience with it has been imaginary, like imagination based. So I'm sure there's like other people that play with like even the figurines and like uh, the the locations and everything. Like, 
to you, like, is it important to have like a visual aspect to it? Like, I, I guess, especially for a DM, it makes sense to have like something like a blueprint or something to follow and like refer to when like questions get brought up or like to really like solidify the what you're trying to portray. Yeah, if you want to be like very uh, literal and by the books and everything I say is like the word of God and we're sticking to it, then yeah, you want a map just so you can keep straight with stuff. But if you're very loose, like we were with uh, Almost Better Than the Dragons, where it's like, yeah, if I can go down a cave, like, yeah, sure. Like, some, some <laughs> take a right, take a left. Yeah, <laughs> some people, some players want those like incredibly detailed uh, Easter eggs where it's like, ooh, I go into this warehouse, I go into the back room, I thoroughly search the back room, I find a secret compartment, and inside there's treasure, which there is in Waterdeep, like, if you look for it. Um, and. If you're doing, like, Fear of the Mind stuff, it's up to the DM to describe all of that detail to kind of give you a hint of where that treasure might be hidden. Right. But if to you give you a, a chance at finding it, sort of. Yeah. But if you have a map, you could just show the players the map and be like, if you see it, you see it and you can find it. If you don't see it, you don't see it and we move on. So it kind of gives, you know, it, it's a tool to help the DM so they're not, you know, overburdened with as you know any more stuff than they already have to deal with. Um, right. But like the best resources I'm getting for this module are through the community. They're organized like through a subreddit specifically for Waterdeep Dragonized. And it just has all of the token art gathered. It has like a bunch of different maps on there. It has a bunch of like reference sheets or uh, added on stuff saying like, hey, chapter two kind of gets fucking boring. So we added this like three or four side quests to actually flush it out because the module itself doesn't do that. And it's like, I don't want to just shit on it and be like, Waterdeep's a bad module, like, it's a bad pre-made module. It's not. It's very much not. But there definitely is a lot of stuff lacking in substance where it feels like they could have easily flushed that out more. Yeah. And it seen, sounds like a seen, jumping off point. Yeah, and seeing the community and how much the community has flushed that stuff out, it's like, oh, yeah, if you just let this bake for, like, another month, you probably could have easily figured this out and done it yourselves, wizards. So right. it's kind of surprising because with Waterdeep, it's a large city and you meet a bunch of different, like, very important NPCs that, all right, you know, I'll, I'll just say for anyone who is interested, anyone who isn't, it's not a spoiler, but the premise of Waterdeep is it takes place during different seasons. And it's for each season, one of the four seasons, it's a different villain. It's a different, like, big bad guy at the end of the module. Okay. So there's four big bad guys running around Waterdeep at all times. But only one of them is going to be the one specific to your uh, your campaign, depending on what season you pick. Right. And along with them, the big there's four big bad guys. There's also different like factions of different people in the city, like groups and organizations that all work together. You know, like a thieves guild or you know, a mercenary guild or this or that. Hell yeah! So you got a bunch of different people. None of them are really introduced well. And with the community, they say, "All right." In chapter two, here's a way you can make money is by introducing a fighting, like a fighting pit, gladiator battle sort of arena. And this is also a convenient way to introduce all the factions and the big bad guys as well, because that's never naturally introduced in the module. So it's kind of a weird oversight. Like, I yeah. feel like they sh that should have been an important thing of like, if your groups, if your players can join factions, you have to have a way of introducing them naturally. As opposed to, hello, I hear you're the main characters of this campaign. Let me introduce myself. Like, right. 
is which is how it's written in the module. So it's kind of like that's, huh? I thought they would have been better about this because <laughs> it's Wizards right. of the Coast. So and there's stuff like that, or like characters that int- are introduced in the fourth chapter and are supposed to be endeared to the players by this point, but they are introduced at the very end of the module. It's like. No, we can, like, tease them in, like, chapter one and then build them up throughout. Like, it's just kind of surprisingly lacking in stuff. And like I said, the maps. There's just no maps. There's no character art. Like, there's character art in the module, but, like, no tokens that you can use for, like, an online board game and stuff. Or online tabletop and stuff. So, it's just... And I've heard these complaints with uh, uh, Rhymes of the Frostmaiden, the Icewind Dale uh, module that came out recently. Okay, because I played I played that as a player. My buddy was DMing it. He had a lot of the same complaints of like, there's a lot of like awakened animals, a lot of animals that have sentience and can talk with like human level intelligence, and there's no real reason for that. It's never explained in the module. So it's like, why is this a thing? Why is there so much of this thing and there's really no explanation for it? And does like, it feel like unfinished almost, or is it just like uh, I don't know? Kind of like you said, I could definitely see it be like them like hand waving it, saying like Ah, this is for you to expand upon. <laughs> exactly, it's like, right? sure. But I'm also paying for a pre-made module for a reason. Like, sure, I like the flexibility of being able to tweak it and customize it to my own setting. But also, some of this just feels like here's an idea, and they just dropped the ball. Like it was, it feels like you said an unfinished idea of like where was this going? Because. Right. We came up with reasons for why that stuff happened, and it was very easy for us to come up with reasons for why that. But it's because it was so easy to come up with an answer for it. It's weird that it's not in the book. So it's just kind of odd, and it's yeah. It, like like I said, doing this more, I kind of see the appeal of homebrewing stuff because it's like I only have to detail, flesh out as much stuff as I need to, rather than them fleshing out everything a little bit but not enough it's it's a weird mix yeah i love how the community just kind of comes together to make the the module better though uh i love yeah. that, that there's that reddit there and they're all working together to like flesh things out that's it's that's amazing so convenient. So, there's yeah there's like here's a here's like a playlist of a bunch of music that fits like the city stone really well here's literally all of the character art for the tokens and it's like there's 112 character like npcs like thank you because I was not going to find all of this character art myself. And yeah, it's none of it's like some of it's given in the module, but like you, you would have to make the tokens yourself. They're not tokens given to you. And it just, it feels like, especially after COVID and quarantine and lockdown, it feels like wizard should really kind of be prioritizing the digital versions of their games, or at least admitting that, maybe a one-to-one translation of what's in the pre-made module, like physical editions don't necessarily translate the needs of the digital editions well enough. Right. Cause you can easily just make PDF tokens and, you know, PDF maps and include them in the digital edition for like 20 more bucks. I pay that. Like yeah. or have them individually. And it just feels like they're kind of lacking with the digital department. I mean, but it's, you know, you got roll 20, you got D and D beyond. And then neither of those are official, Wizards of the Coast licensed things. So there's not even like a centralized platform where everyone uses. Like some people use map tools, which is a fucking whole different thing entirely. Um, so like it's a different program and some people like this and some people like that. So it's great. There's plenty of options, but you could easily just, like I said, make them PDFs or make them PNGs, like with the transparent background. And that'd be like, oh, this is 
This way it's easily importable into whatever system you're using. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just kind of surprising. Like it's, it's great. There's digital editions and stuff. It's great. You can play online. I said it before, even without quarantine, I think I'd prefer playing online just because it's easier to play as a DM and keep track of everything. But like, yeah, it's kind of weirdly lacking from the official source material of stuff of like, it's not, it's not very convenient for digital. It's, it's not made for digital audience. It's, right. it's still made for the physical box, but it's like, which is great. You, you know, playing in person with other people, like in the same room is definitely really fun. And like m- many people prefer it. And I fully understand why. Um, but like, I feel like it's clear enough that the digital market for D and D and tabletop games is wildly big enough that you should be putting a little more effort into this. So just, I'm just kind of surprised by how lacking it is at times. Yeah, that makes sense. Water deep, more like water shallow. Okay, anyway, let's move on. No, no, I want to sit in that for a <laughs> we while. Need, we wanna, have to end the podcast after this. this. <laughs> Good God, no. dog. Anyway, uh, I do have a video game update, though, but I appreciate the D&D update. That's actually some really cool shit. Uh, listeners, definitely, we, we're, we talk about tabletop <laughs> from time to time. Listeners, uh, do you care about D&D? Tough shit. That's all I've played well, this week. Yeah, that's brand for you. Uh, no, I'm teasing. Uh, but... I did get back to playing some Pokemon Sword on stream, and I beat another gym leader. That was a lot of fun. But the funnest thing about it is I am uh, capturing Pokemon and naming them after the viewers. So some of the viewers specifically want me to find a specific type of Pokemon for them, and it just so happened I was in the area for that. Like, So it actually worked out. I know. I was like, God, that's going to be really hard, guys, but I'm (laughs) going to do my best. Exactly. But what ended up happening was uh, my one uh, viewer, he was after, after a Dusclops, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Uh, and then we actually just, yeah, or Dusclops, yeah, I don't even know these new fangled Pokemon. Dusclops uh, is a different one. Oh, Jesus. New? Uh, <laughs> Dusclops is like Gen 3, man. <laughs> but see, that's what I mean. I haven't kept up since the beginning. I'm such a noob uh, at Pokemon. <laughs> but uh, it is a really cool one. I did catch one, name him after that, their username. And then also, same, Melting Pat's got one. Uh, I think he's a Vulpix. And, uh, Crap, what was the other one? Oh, uh, a guy named Well Dang It wanted to be uh, a Golurk, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to find one of those, but we did find a Golette, which is going to evolve into a Golurk, so that should be happening very soon, so hopefully they'll be in the stream when that happens. It's It's been a lot of fun, though. I do love revisiting Pokemon and, yeah, learning about the new ones I'm totally unfamiliar with. <laughs> it's It can be real jarring because so many carry over and so many don't. So, like Vulpix... Fan favorite. It's a classic. It's been in, I think, every generation since Gen 1. Yeah. And there's stuff like Heracross, one of my favorites. It's like, he was in Gen 2, maybe Gen 3, and nothing else. It's like, oh, man. Like, so it's kind of jarring, like, jumping. <laughs> like, if you go from, like, you know, one of the early Gens to one of the recent Gens and seeing which ones carried over. And, you know, like, you're yeah. out, running around out in the wild and you see, like, a sparrow. It's like, Really? Sparrow? Exactly. This, this asshole made it? It's like... Exactly. At Heracross, I'm looking it up now. That looks awesome. He's got like a a dolphin slash whale's tail for a horn. It's insane. Doug, do you not know what a Hercules beetle is? It Well, it, I guess it's also a beetle. <laughs> but no, I don't think I've seen their horns It's literally that. a Hercules beetle. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> now um, I'm looking that up. But in like... he, I know he did come back, I think, in Sword and Shield. Because he has, or no, maybe Sun and Moon, because he has a Mega Evolution. So whenever the Mega Evolution was introduced, he has one. And becomes like a bug fighting type, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's 
Pokemon's wild, man. And yeah, even even if you're not in the most recent gen, it's still like cool seeing and like yeah, it's the game is formulaic and simple enough that you can just hop in and still pretty much know what you're doing, even despite all of the like quality of life updates and like different little mechanics are changing with each generation. It's still yeah. pretty much the same as like the first few, so you can just hop right in and go with it. Yeah, it seems pretty easy. I feel like it's more kiddish this time around, uh, Sword and Shield, that is. So I only have two more badges, and then uh, I'm guessing the Elite Four. So looking forward to wrapping that one up on stream and, uh, yeah, sharing moments with viewers. It is fun. Uh, my my ragtag team of Pokemon isn't that great, but we're getting by. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> having fun with that. And then obviously still playing Fall Guys. Nothing really new to report. I think Season 5 is literally right around the corner. When I pulled it up in the menu the other day, it said it, Season 4 uh, ends in approximately three days. I'm like that. I don't think that's right. It could be a few more weeks from now, but uh, pretty soon. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I don't think we have a definitive date. Actually, I'll look that up while uh, we maybe transition into the show topics. Is yeah, not too many other games I've been playing this week. Yeah, I, I've dabbled in some Isaac, but like I said, I've plateaued with some of those characters and all that. And <laughs> I, I think I've actually hit my sat- oversaturation point with Isaac of like. I'll be doing a run. I'll get to like the third or fourth floor of a run and skill. I don't care anymore. It's, it's not that I have bad items. It's not that I'm doing great or, you know, terrible on a run. It's like, I'm just burnt out. And I think after 900 hours, I think that's a fair point to tap out on. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And then besides that, I've been playing Knockout City a lot. So nice. Yeah. That's, that's my fault, guys, where, yeah, there's seasons and stuff and leagues and. Exactly. One to just revisit, play a bunch for here and there yeah, yeah, with yeah. friends. Um, speaking of that, uh, though, the season five most likely will be re- released on July 20th is what I'm seeing, uh, from Google results. So, uh, next week, next Tuesday, that'd be great. Hopefully sooner. Hopefully sooner. Yeah. You never know. But also, I guess that works perfectly going into our show topics this week. Uh, there, I remember on previous episode, we talked about, uh, the Fall Guys ripoffs. We've, or not even necessarily, well, the one is a ripoff, Bro Falls. And then we also have that, uh, Phantom Abyss game, I think it was called, where it's like the Indiana Jones style. I did watch a streamer uh, yeah. play some of that. That looks very fun, actually. Yeah. I would like to give that a go. That's, that's very much more capitalizing on, like, the genre of the game rather of than just a Battle Royale ish kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Battle Royale without guns, which, believe it or not there are games without guns that still exist who would have thought <laughs> exactly but though this is more or less like a bro falls in the sense that this is a not a direct fall guys ripoff but it's sort of no, the same is. style it is, it, 100% it, it is. And, is and it also uh applies to like the previous games that basti used to bring up back in the day like hole.io uh agar.io mm-hmm. it's one of those io games where you can just log on in your browser and play for free at any time uh, but it's called lolbeans, lolbeans.io, oh, and it is 100% uh, Fall Guys in your browser, but uh, way worse. Way, 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 worse. way, way worse. <laughs> uh, I have to tell you that. You're not going to actually have fun. But it's cool. I played it for a little bit. Um, yeah, you just do obstacle courses and try to qualify. Your bean looks identical to Fall Guys bean, sort of. It I, actually has fingers, though, so that's yeah, very no. bizarre. The body and, like, the face is identical, but the limbs are, like, weird and spindly and yeah, feel sticky, much, much yeah. creepier. Yeah, I agree with that. And then there's, like, also, like, a donut with a face and this also weird orange. I don't know what they're doing, but, yeah, you can play it for free and find out for yourself. I'm sure you'll have some fun with it for a little bit, but uh, not be revisiting it often. But, uh, yeah. Again, with the Fall Guys ripoffs, every, no one 
I guess, and it's so funny how there's such a meme of people going into Fall Guy streams and being like, this game's dead, or like, it's, why do people always troll that this game's dead, and yet everyone's ripping it off, it's super popular right now, and we have a new season on the horizon, like, I don't get it. <laughs> it's because it's not, I mean, it's, when it came out, it was, I mean, it's like Among Us, when it came out, it was so fucking big, I mean, well, Among Us, it came I out, I no, think it, no it doesn't cares. fall in that much, though. It, maybe it has. I'd be curious if there's like statistics it, on that. It's it's not so much that it has fallen, so much as every article about it has been written. So it's not in the news like headlines anymore as much, or not nearly right. as much. It's anything that gets wildly popular like overnight is that you get so inundated with stuff that the second that bombardment of information about that topic is gone, you assume it just has disappeared into the void of time because it's like oh. I don't hear about Fall Guys anymore. It's like, well, are you in the Fall Guys community? It's like, no. It's like, well, it's still exactly. going. Do you play D and D? It's like, no. So I assume no one is playing D and D. It's like, no. It's still very much going. It's just if you're not involved with it, why would you hear about it? So yeah, it's definitely an immature uh, attitude that people like to bring the streams and just like troll with. So the yeah. game's very much alive and well. Uh, I and, mean, fucking yeah. Rocket League. That's years old. It's still doing great. Like. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's like the perfect model, and I think that's what they're kind of uh, going for with Fall Guys, to just continually update the same game and not need to release a sequel and just make money hand over fist. As, as long as they're able to retain the audience and keep the servers alive, like, yeah, sure. Like like with Rocket League, they have enough cons- consecutive players to keep it going. But if they don't keep it updated and keep it fresh, like, yeah, people will eventually get bored with it, move on, and forget forget about it and it'll wind down so you know if they're able to keep it fresh enough to retain their audience definitely but yeah we'll see totally yeah well what else is going on in the news anything Uh, important well it's it's good news it's kind of salt in the wound for us oh god i know which one you're talking about already yeah uh so the playstation vr game moss is getting a sequel which is great because that game. I'm is very great. happy for them. Congratulations! When we yeah. did speak to these guys, they were fantastic. Uh, it was one of the best conversations we ever had. Unfortunately, you guys can't <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> video got corrupt, or video audio got corrupted. So it, I saw that and I was like, God damn it! And I was like, I mean, good for them. Like the game seems wonderful. I've watched less plays of it because I don't have PSVR, and it's like, yeah, it God seems it. great. I've heard people that say that depresses like, me. That it's this l- much later, I still don't have a means of playing this game with a VR machine. <laughs> I thought by now I would have. I feel like I should have uh, I mean, in time for the review and everything. God. Does PSVR work for PS5? I don't... Honestly, I think it has to be, like, the PS4 peripherals, because oh, they don't have PS5 VR peripherals. I could uh. be wrong. It was very strange like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can do it, but it's, like, a little weird with the setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it is also... Moss is actually on Steam now, so it's, you know, the, the same barrier of entry, though, is the VR. That's the expensive stuff, so. Yeah. Um, but I've heard people say, like, it's one of the best VR games out there. Like, up there with, like, this and Half-Life Alex. It's like, if you got VR, you gotta get these two games to justify that purchase. For sure, um, and God, what a good interview, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> sucked it was a good interview it was like well paced it was topical that the game was coming out that week it was very unlike us i think that's why it got fucking uh destroyed because it was like no you guys aren't uh you don't deserve this what do you think you're professional get the fuck out of here (laughs) 
the video game gods shut us down. God damn it. It happens. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it, good for them. It, it's I'm going to be very excited to see what that is, uh, see how that plays out. Um, totally. I do. I would enjoy getting VR, but good Christ, this is expensive. And I am curious with, I got depth perception issues. And by issues, yeah. I mean, I have almost no depth perception at all. Well, um, and I also have, um, what do I want to say, motion sickness issues, so ooh, I think yeah. that would just get bad quickly. Like, someone was playing a Fall Guys map on stream, and it was the roll-off, and they just go back and forth uh, from one platform to another, and they were spinning their camera the whole time, and they're like, sorry if I'm making anyone dizzy, and I'm like, I am going to throw up. Yep, yep. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I saw a streamer I like playing Outer Wilds recently, which I've gone on, uh, sung the praises for uh, immensely too much already. Uh, but you know it's the space adventure exploration game with a lot of gravity mechanics and it's like streamers like you know the first like 10 minutes like good god like if anyone gets any degree of motion sickness you can't play this game because yeah gravity um uh but speaking of vr i i haven't played it because i don't have vr but i did watch recently a playthrough of uh psychonauts the rhombus of ruins which is the psychonauts vr game cool how was it i feel like I feel like we probably heard about this, but because it's VR, like no one talked about kind it. Kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's Psychonauts. It's like 15 years after the original came out, and it's kind of a lead-in point for Psychonauts 2, which is coming out. They showed it off at E3 and stuff, so we talked about it there. Um, so Psychonauts uh, Rhombus of Ruins is a sequel to the first one, and it picks up exactly where the first one ends, like the exact end point, and just goes with it. Okay. Um, and from what I've seen of the Let's Play, it's about like an hour and 20 minutes. You could probably explore a lot more. Double Fine's known for a lot of Easter eggs. Like, the original Psychonauts has so much stuff in it. And so much, like, unique dialogue if you, like, introduce certain items to characters or do... Like, one of your powers is pyrokinesis where you can set something on fire. If you set every NPC on fire, they have a unique dialogue line. Or if you show them certain key items, they'll have a response to it. And it's, it seems like inconsequential of like, oh, whatever, like that's a cool little feature. But if you think about the time it takes to put in and record and write like all of that dialogue for every character for all these scenarios, it's like, why did they do this? It's yeah. impressive. It's very impressive. Why did they do this? So it's about like a hundred or a hundred, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. And I'm sure you could double that just by exploring and finding all the Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah, um, but it just seems like a it's a really cool way of being like in VR where you uh, you channel like you see through other players' minds or other characters' minds, which kind of justifies why you can see where you are and you can kind of limitedly interact with stuff with telekinesis, but you can't move their body around because you're you're just seeing through their mind. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of works really well with the VR because. The movement in VR is always the hardest part, like physically moving around and running around. Um, so that's kind of a good way to justify you being stationary. Uh, but yeah, from what I watched, like, yeah, if you want more Psychonaut stuff and you got VR, this is a great game. Like, this is, looks fantastic. It's a good story. Uh, I don't know the price point, but I hope it wouldn't be too high with only being an hour, hour and a half or so. Right, yeah. But it, it seems incredibly well made. They got all the voice actors back. Uh, which is benefit of having adults voicing kids because their voice don't change after 15 years between sequels. Um, but yeah, it looks like a solid game and it looks like a great lead in for Psychonauts 2, whatever they're setting that up for story wise. Um, 
But yeah, with nice. v- VR and motion sickness, I've heard a lot of people, if you don't get the like frame rate right, or with the movement, if the movement feels jarring, where the haptic feedback of what you're seeing isn't telling your body that you're moving, or you're moving, you can get uh, like motion sickness from that. Yeah. Uh, but more than anything, I've heard people who get motion sickness a lot, it's just from watching someone in VR, like how quick they're shaking around the camera and that stuff. That too, yep. Even in scary games like Amnesia, where it's got like a very quick camera movement and stuff, people are like, "Oh, I'm I'm just getting most sickness with how much you're jerking the camera around and swinging all over the place because your your brain isn't saying your brain is saying like I'm stationary, I'm sitting in a chair, looking at a like a solitary thing, but then when you're looking at the computer monitor and you're seeing a bunch of movement, it's sending mixed messages to your brain, it's like. Exactly. Where I first encountered my motion sickness was like playing either a Game Boy or like a Nintendo Switch, like in a car, like as a passenger. It's just like everything around me is moving, but like I'm looking at something on screen that's also moving and it's just my brain and body. Yeah, my stomach just flips upside down. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it does look like the Psychonauts uh, Rhombus of Ruin is only $20. So yeah, that's very reasonable for the experience. Yeah. Because like I said, like it's, it's pretty short, but like I said, there's so much like. Easter eggs and stuff, you can probably play through it like two or three times and find something new like a few times every time you go through. So that's yeah. cool. And it's definitely got the cult following because Psychonauts one's great. It's, you know, it's an incredibly well done story and very well crafted. And it's probably peak Double Fine, which I got my complaints with Double Fine. <laughs> I got my complaints with Tim Schafer, but I, I, you know, no one can deny Psychonauts is one of the best games there is out there. Um, nice. Story, uh, show topic wise, um, speaking of live service games, uh, like, um, Knockout City and Fall Guys and Rocket League, where it's just, it's one game that's just being perpetually updated on a, you know, online server. Yeah. Apparently that's what Assassin's Creed's gonna be for the next game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, mean, honestly, think about how many fucking games they've made. They're probably just like, We've done it. I can think of like three or four good ones. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I think they want to, yeah, they want the be all end all of like Assassin's Creed so they can just focus on that, update that perpetually, not have multiple teams focusing on multiple iterations of games that like have spiraled so far out of control. Like, is there any like a story to follow now? Now it's just everyone in the (laughs) writer's room brainstorming, like, what's a cool time period we could exploit? It's (laughs) like, okay. That's Um, exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, the story the story was kind of crazy Da Vinci Code bullshit in the first one. It's like, all right, I can get on board with this. Templars versus assassins. Like it's kind of got, you know, rooted in history. Like that's pretty neat. And then by the second one and like cuz there's Assassin's Creed 2 and then Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is like two and a half. Yeah. Uh, by those kind of like, all right, we're getting a little weirder, getting a little cheekier with the story. It's getting a little zany. And then, like, by the third one, it's like, this is some goobity got bullshit nonsense. <laughs> yeah, this is a Kingdom Hearts level. Like, what the yeah. fuck's even happening? Because I don't think Ubisoft was really prepared for how big Assassin's Creed was going to become as a franchise. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you this one IP and see how you can do with it. And then it exploded. And they're like, all right, we'll give you a sequel. And just immediately between one and two, there's a lot of retconning. There's a lot of, like stuff that doubles back and goes oh no 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 that thing in first the first one that didn't happen or that doesn't make sense anymore so in the second one it's different now it's like this is only between the first and second game let alone what it spirals into the zelda kingdom hearts level bullshit 
spider yeah. of all their spinoffs and sequels. Because I think it was on the podcast I talked about, like, oh, I was at Target the other day and I saw Assassin's Creed, like, Revelations on there. I've never heard of this game. Apparently, it just came out. Like, you know, it was a main title Assassin's Creed game and no one I know has heard about it. That's what I mean. I feel like with Assassin's Creed, when we like looked it up, re- uh, not that ah, God, this podcast has been around forever. <laughs> Recently, uh, four years up, ago. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. We were saying how many Assassin's Creeds actually are there? It was like seventeen or eighteen yeah. or something ridiculous. There's probably like an Assassin's Creed Revelations and Assassin's Creed Revolutions. It's like, and there, it's like what is the difference? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. It, yeah, I want to say there was Assassin's Creed on the PSP. That's how long ago it goes. Back. No, a hundred percent. Yes. So yeah. it's like, good God. So. What I've heard, Assassin's Creed um, Origins, I think that's the one in Egypt. Uh, yes. I've heard that one's good. I heard that one's really fun. Great for exploring Egypt because there's like a lot yeah. of like photo mode stuff in there. Yeah, so they that's have a cool. built-in tour aspect to it. That's yeah, the reason yeah. I bought the game. I, literally, that was my selling point was let me check out. <laughs> like, if I'm never getting to Egypt, I don't think. I'm like, I just think it'd be dangerous and I'd also don't have the money for something like that. <laughs> so... But like from what I've seen, it it's very much following the Witcher, Arkham City, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild sort of gameplay mechanics, like of like the different items you can have and the crafting and um, the overworld and stuff and the combat. So it's a lot of very similar to that. Which is like, hey, if if it works, it works. Like there's a reason that type of game mode's popular. Um, but like with Assassin's Creed Black uh black flags with like the pirate ship one the biggest praise people said is like oh it's the best pirate game that happens to be assassin's creed all the assassin's right. creed bullshit no one cares about the pirate mechanics are cool and that's what, so cool that's exactly. what leads to like sea of thieves becoming popular and stuff right so i i don't think the story matters anymore assassin's creed was also the franchise that was notorious for oh we can't have a female protagonist because it takes a lot of polygons to make a new model and it's just very uh, inefficient yeah, what the hell was that and we want to be historically accurate cut to assassin's creed <laughs> assassin's creed whatever where you're riding a flaming demon horse from hell it's like, yeah exactly what, you know what are you jumping from about? like 30 feet off buildings into a haystack and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so it's just like it's, it's yeah they're very bad with playing their foot in their mouth and stuff but with an Assassin's Creed live service one game that's perpetually updating. Also, the movie. We don't talk about the movie. But the movie, like, I, I've gone. I loved Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 2.5 two and with Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I it's lost me ever since. And it's just, it's weird seeing this, like, weird marionette of a corpse of something I used to love being like paraded yeah. around on stage at E3 being like what the fuck happened to you man like what I forgot about the movie honestly yeah I never watched did. it but I remember seeing trailers and people saying it's not good <laughs> I also remember hearing it was like two and like hours and 40 minutes it was like wildly long it's like no one wants this um but yeah it's weird seeing what Assassin's Creed has become and as a live service game the idea of it being like a Fallout 76 sort of thing where they're just like it's not an MMO but it's kind of an MMO and we're just gonna keep it online forever like I can't imagine it'll do well I can't imagine anyone wants that so we'll see but I mean like I said I tapped out Assassin's Creed a long fucking time ago so I'm not super interesting it's, it's yeah. mostly just being like what happened i want to see this train wreck go full force <laughs> but i'm not gonna buy a ticket for it that's fair 
Yeah, yeah. it's funny uh, you mentioned the Assassin's Creed movie. I haven't been watching too many movies recently, but just over the weekend, I did get around to seeing uh, Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys. Uh, he's stars. Er, he's in the movie The Tomorrow War. I don't want to say stars. <laughs> he's like, the it's main like, star. Exactly, but he's uh, he's in it. Uh, <laughs> you gotta see this movie. It's pretty fun. It's like a, a sci-fi uh, shooter movie. Like, I don't know, like these soldiers from the future come into the past and they are trying to recruit people from like the present time and then send uh-huh. them in a time warp into the future to like fight off these aliens yeah and (laughs) exactly it's already like very strange that's my only complaint with the movie there were some moments where i'm like i don't know if this time travel shit really makes sense it's it it, it boils down to the whole like dragon ball z if you're familiar with the history (laughs) of trunks no this here we go yeah we really do bread all right here we go so think about if you know the history of Trunks, uh, Future Trunks comes back to save Goku with, like, this pill to, like, uh, remedy his heart problem. The thing about Future Trunks is he lives in a timeline where Gohan loses an arm and shit and raises Trunks and, like, f- like has, like, this, like, emotional connection with Balma and stuff. It's really kind of strange. But regardless, <laughs> sends uh, Trunks back and everything. And then by him giving Goku this pill and, like, it's like, oh, everything's going to be corrected – that doesn't mean Future Trunks' timeline just, like, disappears and it just all hunky-dory. I think to myself, both timelines continue in, like, like parallel, like, parallel universes. So, I, it's like, yes, you're saving one timeline, but, like, still fucked in the other. And that's what I feel like in this movie that comes up, where I'm like, what, what is actually gonna occur? Like, if you go back and save something, like, is it gonna affect the, like, make sure that that never happens in the future? Yes, in this timeline, but not in the other? I don't fucking know. I mean, it depends on what theory you believe for alternate universes. Yes, on butterfly effect stuff, right? Because, yeah. I mean, arguably, none of that's real, or at least we can't prove that any of it is real. So there's, it's all theories, and there's nothing we can prove. Like, ah, this theory is definitively proven and factual, and this is how time travel would actually work. It's all speculation. So it just depends on what theory you either believe in or what theory the media and content is based upon. Yeah. So... With parallel universes or parallel dimensions, or parallel timelines, rather, in this case. Um, yes, it's Trunks goes back in time to save his timeline. But now that he's gone back in time, he's on a different timeline now. His timeline yes. is going to keep going, and nothing he can do can alter it anymore. But now Correct. he's on a different timeline, and whatever happens with him there is what's going to happen to him. I don't even remember what happens to future trunks because there is baby trunks in future trunks. I think he can travel. I think he does travel back to the future. And that's the thing. There was a time at one point where, yeah, baby trunks and future trunk are are in like the same room, essentially. It's like, what the hell? They can't touch. They'll implode. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. And then there's the butterfly, butterfly effect where like you go back in time and change your timeline. If it's one continuous timeline and like time travel does exist where you can hop back, alter the future and hop into the present, even with butterfly effect, it, the theory is you go back in time, you create a new timeline, and that way when you go forward in the in that timeline after altering the past, you go into the new timeline. You're not going back to your timeline where right. everything was. You're creating a new one entirely, and then you're proceeding to go to that new one. So with the Tomorrow yeah. Wars, yeah, I don't imagine they put that much thought into it they did not a hundred percent i that's the the real issue is like the people analyzing like oh the time travel mechanics and like the actual like i don't know theories behind this stuff 
Not really. It's just very loosely based, and I get it. It's, it's Hollywood. an action movie. Yeah. You just want to go there for the the aliens and the the fight sequences. Honestly, they really deliver there. So that's what I'll give them credit for. Is like if you just want a dumb, fun, uh, shoot 'em up alien movie where uh, the aliens are absolutely insane. That's yeah. the cool thing about the movie is like half the time you don't even know what they're up against. So it, it really builds up to like the first time you encounter one. It's like oh shit, from there on. So oh, cool. I do recommend the movie. It was a lot of fun. And poor Mitch, uh, I. I don't know him to ruin anything, but he wasn't in the movie very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean he was like Brian Cranston in the Godzilla movie where he was oh, right. <laughs> in all of the marketing material and he was in it for a total of five minutes? Right, exactly. It felt kind of like that, I'll be honest. But no, uh, it was a fun time. Uh, yeah, definitely check that out if you have Amazon Prime. And then yeah. the last thing I'm going to shout out before we maybe wrap this episode up is I know on a previous episode I was talking about a dilemma where uh, my wife was falling asleep watching my Twitch channel and uh, accidentally bought $200 worth of bits. And it was just like, oh, no, what now? And we I remember she tried getting a refund. And at that point, we didn't have a conclusion. I finally have one. But what was funny was she goes to Twitch, says, oops, I accidentally did this. Didn't spend the bits. Can I have my refund? Twitch gets back to her and goes, um, it's not our problem. Talk to Google. And then Google, because like they handle <laughs> the, pay, the payment. And then uh, uh, she goes to like Google and was like, actually, uh, this is what happened. Can you help me? And then they get back to her and go, uh, this is Twitch's job. Yep, yep, so then, yep. <laughs> So I was like, I think at that point they purposefully do that. So people just get annoyed and say, I give up. And then Lauren just got got back to Twitch again and said, look, I went back and forth between both of you. You're not, no one's taking responsibility. What now? And Twitch said, as a sign of good faith, we've, uh, we've given you a refund and they actually did. And they removed the, the bits because they're like, but in, uh, the terms of like buying bits, it does say they are non-refundable. So I think like this was her like one and only like you got lucky. And you I don't think one. many people get that. Uh, so or actually follow through enough to be like, oh, this is the third time I'm contacting someone, being like, what the hell? But uh, it was interesting. I'm glad she got a refund. Otherwise, she was just gonna uh, over the course of the year have lots of bits to spend and spend them on channels. you. Get some of that yeah, money back. Exactly. That was the idea. But no, I'm glad she got the refund. But yeah, there's some I- closure on that. I'm very surprised by that. Me I too, a hundred percent. That's why I had to shout it out. Like you said, in the terms of service, like it's non-refundable, so it's it's also companies make stuff just wildly inconvenient. I know that firsthand from setting up my internet with Spectrum. Fuck you, Spectrum. You're a terrible company. <laughs> I don't have a choice though. It's an oligopoly. Um, Fair, but just the like inconvenience fee of like we make this such a pain in the ass, or like gym memberships canceling a gym membership it's such a oh, pain yeah. in the ass they on purpose it, they rely on people just saying fuck this and like planet fitness it's so cheap you don't notice it being taken off your bill every or your credit card every month and it's such a pain in the ass to cancel they expect people to just say eh, it's 10 bucks a month i'll just let it go and go whenever i want to instead of trying to fight them to cancel it because it's such a pain in the ass sleazy tactics yeah not M- good motherfuckers uh i will say with the tomorrow wars because stuff's time related, uh, or for time travel, um, yeah. There seems to be a weird influx of time looping game games or just media in general. So we had like Live Die Repeat, which was originally titled something else, but the Tomorrow's Edge or Edge of Tomorrow, and then everyone realized, hey, that title doesn't really make sense, and Live Die Repeat makes much more sense, and it, it was rebranded to that after the movie came out, which is weird. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. Uh, but, like, that's the biggest one I can think of and like, earliest back, but that was the Tom Cruise movie where he was 
a soldier in a sci-fi war dies and it resets to an earlier point and he gets better and better and better and eventually fights off the whole war. Yeah. We have like multiple shows with that premise, like specifically some anime I'm thinking of. We got uh, a lot of games using that mechanics now. Uh, I bring it up because Deathloop, which is that's the entire premise of that game is uh, you're like some sort of mercenary assassin on an island full of other mercenaries assassins that are just kind of in this big Mardi Gras sort of like party island and are all celebrating and having fun. Except yeah. for you, everyone's trying to kill you like you have a bounty <laughs> on your head. And the premise of the game is you have to kill the other eight high-ranking assassins to break the death loop. And then every time you die, you just you loop back to the same day over again and just get better and better and learn the different mechanics and the different paths enemies take and, until you get good enough to take them all out in one day. Yeah. And it seems fun. Like, it seems cool and it seems really fun. It just... It's weird how many games, shows, movies, stories all seem to be using this premise recently of this looping mechanic, which in essence, like when I was watching it, I'm like, this is just a roguelike. This is what all roguelikes are. Yep. It's like the new hotness uh, getting back into time travel, but time travel is so like risky. I don't know. It's, this is like, like like uh specified time travel where it's like you're only time traveling for three days but you're just living those three days you're just groundhog dang it over and over yeah exactly so you don't have to worry about the bigger consequences of time travel it's just that's true this but it's just weird like now that i pointed out like pay attention to some stuff and you'll see like oh yeah they use this too and they use this too and they did this too like it's weirdly popular right now and i don't really know why like zombies were you know 12 years ago we're just fucking everything with zombies like why and, you know, arguably it's because, hey, this one thing's popular and it did it well and made money, so everyone's going to copy that and steal yep, its like idea. like Fall Guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lol beans. <laughs> it's just weird how ubiquitous it is in, like, all forms of media right now. Um, anyway, I bring up Deathloop because Shoney so- showed off uh, one of their state of play uh, directs. Uh, they showed off, like, 10 minutes of Deathloop gameplay. Oh, sick. And uh, for anyone who knows, it's by Bethesda, who bought Arcane, or Arcane, yeah, I think it was Arcane Studios. Arcane Studios, yep. Who did uh, Dishonored and Dishonored 2. So it, it's essentially Arcane Studios doing it, and they're being published by Bethesda. And yeah, it looks like Dishonored, but in a disco color, like colorful James Bond sort of secret agent island location. Yeah. That's all I get. Like, I'm sold. Like, Dishonored was fun as hell. And the fact, yeah. the fact that it's like, hey, what if Dishonored had color and lighting and you could actually see what the fuck you were doing at any point in time? It's like, yeah, yeah sign okay, me I'm up. Done. All right. That's yep. all I needed. So like, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Dishonored's location and the weird gothic, like, shipping Victorian era. Like, super fucking cool. It was really hard to see what you were doing a it lot. It was just like, a it was bland so gray mess. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. Yeah. So the fact that just like, there's good music and color and you can see what you're doing. It's like, done. I'm interested. Uh, so Deathloop looks really fun. It looks really cool what they're doing with it. Um, downside is I think it is a PlayStation exclusive, so I won't be playing it anytime soon. Surprising, but, knowing that Bethesda and stuff is doing deals with Microsoft. I, I yeah, I think Sony might be having. It's it's like the reason Bloodborne is going to be a PlayStation exclusive forever because Sony fronted the money for the development of it. So that yeah, might be the case with this. That deal was done. Yeah, or they might just have the IP for it or whatever. But who knows? I think Dishonored was console exclusive and then eventually came to PCs later. So that might also be the case. So 
Uh, it seems very fun, but it just, yeah, I wanted to bring up, it just is a weird story element that they just seem to be using in a ton of shit right now. It's just this looping yep. idea, which, like I said, it's just roguelikes. That's what Hades is. That's what Binding of Isaac is. Like, that's and we've definitely seen an increase in those style of games uh, in the past yeah. couple years. Loop oh, hero. For sure. Yep. So, yeah, it's crazy. Very crazy. But all right, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Bren, uh, tell our listeners about your other podcast. I got another podcast called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. Uh, we watch three episodes of an anime or a movie, and then we give a recap of it with our opinions. Uh, it's a good way of just getting a sample of a bunch of different anime, seeing it like, yeah, this seems interesting. I'd be you know, curious to watch it. Or if you want to listen to us, just shit on a show you've watched previously and be like, yes, my opinions are justified. They all agree with me. Or, no, how could they hate the show? What are you talking about? So uh, you can uh, watch that. Uh, we... <laughs> We watched a few shows recently, and boy, howdy, am I exhausted. <laughs> I'm fucking so tired of anime. It's bullshit. God damn it. There's a lot. Carry on. Um, and then also, uh, I believe uh, I'm playing Knockout City on a friend of mine's stream coming up, I think either this week or Ooh. we don't got an exact date. The date keeps changing. But I, okay. play, I play Knockout City enough with some friends, and uh, they're both streamers. So they might be coming up on a stream, and we might be playing uh, Zelda... Uh, Four Swords soon. I think we're also Ooh, in talks of that. Nice. So we're trying to figure out a way for all four of us to play that together. Um, that sounds good. But if you want to watch that, I probably won't stream it because why bother and start now? I haven't streamed in fucking three years. Um, but if you want to watch, uh, it'll be my buddy uh, Brian Heals You or Ash- Astro Pill on Twitch. Awesome. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm following both those accounts. Very yeah, good. I'll retweet that. I'll Whenever we decide to do it, but I think we'll be doing that sometime this week. Cool. We will retweet that, too. Uh, listeners, if you like our show, we're findable at ABT Silence on all the places. Twitter, uh, Instagram, even though there's absolutely nothing to see. Uh, <laughs> I forgot we have Twitch. one. <laughs> I'm surprised we do. Uh, Twitch.tv slash ABT Silence is where I'm playing Fall Guys, Pokemon Sword, uh, playing some Harry Potter trading card game with my wife from time to time. I do have another podcast. It's called Renovate, a Harry Potter TCG revival podcast. <laughs> R-E-N-N-E-R-V-A-T-E. If you really want to yeah, know how to spell that, it's <laughs> insane uh but yeah it's the name of a spell forgive me uh, but no, if you're a harry potter nerd you might want to check that one out the card game is super cool and then my record label is missedoutrecords.com got some new records in some new cassettes to check out uh head over there and then the last thing i'll plug is the band that does our intro and outro music they're called kinda all right head over to kinda all right.bandcamp.com for more music from them but that's gonna do it for this week thanks so much for listening guys see you guys next time see you.